Amen. All right, well, we're there in James chapter number 2, and we're going to spend two weeks in chapter 2. We're going to go through the first 13 verses uh, this week, and then we'll start next week in verse number 14. And I want to encourage you to be here next week, especially if you're a soul winner, uh, because the latter part of James chapter 2 is one of the most controversial texts in Scripture, especially for those of us who believe that salvation is by grace through faith, just like the Bible says, and it's not of works, lest any man should boast. Many people think that James chapter 2 contradicts the teachings in uh, Romans and Galatians and First and Second Corinthians and the rest of the Bible. It does not, and we'll be studying that next week and looking at it. Uh, and if you're a soul winner, you may have people ask you about James chapter 2, so I'd encourage you to be here uh, so that we can learn that together. This week, we'll deal with the first part of James chapter 2, and I want you to look down at verse number 1. The Bible says this, my brethren, and again, if you remember, there are those who teach that the book of James does not apply to Christians, and I just want to highlight this every time we see it as we travel through James. He says, my brethren, again, a reference to believer. He's talking to saved individuals. He says, my brethren, have not the faith. Now notice, they have faith. But he's telling them how not to have it. They do have it, but he doesn't want them to have it in an improper way. So he says, have not the faith of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory. And I want you to make note of this phrase. And this is basically what we're going to be looking at tonight. This this phrase or this idea, with respect of persons. The Bible teaches here in the book of James and all throughout the Bible, we are taught this concept that we are not to have respect of persons. Now you say, well, what, what does that mean to have respect of persons? When the Bible uses this word respect, the idea is that we are not to regard someone as more important than someone else or regard someone as less important than someone else. Notice verse 2, he gives us a, a, an illustration. He says, for if there come unto your assembly. Now what he's talking about is church there. Because a church is a congregation. It's an assembly. A church is not a building. A church is not chairs and walls. A church is the people that are gathered together as we assemble together. And he says, if there come unto your assembly, notice what he says, a man. Now, this man is a rich man. Notice, he says, with a gold ring and goodly apparel. So he's got a gold ring on his finger. He's got nice clothing on. And there come in also a poor man in vile raiment. A guy, he's not dressed nice. He doesn't look nice. Maybe he looks like he doesn't have a lot of money. Maybe he looks like he's homeless. He, maybe he just, it's vile raiment. Notice what he says, verse 3. And ye have respect or regard or admiration to him that weareth the gay clothing. Now, you know, this is King James Bible, 1611. God's words are perfect. That word gay has been, you know, used differently in our modern, uh, you know, culture. But all that word means is just happy or, or cheerful. And he says, he's got nice clothing on. Now, notice what he says. Ye have respect to him that weareth gay clothing. And say unto him, sit thou here in a good place. And say to the poor, stand thou there or sit here under my footstool. Now here, here's what he's saying. Two guys walk into church on a Sunday morning. One's dressed nice. One's dressed sharp. One's got a gold ring. He's got a Rolex on his hand. You know, he's, he, he's got a sharp suit on or nice clothes on. Another guy walks in. He looks like he spent the night in the dumpster. He said, our job, in our, it's not our place to go to that individual that looks nice and say, hey, come sit right up here. Let me find you a nice seat right here in the front row. Let me get you, you know, nice, comfortable seating. Could you imagine if we told the other guy, hey, would you mind just standing up in the back? Would you mind just standing in that corner over there so no one has to sit next to you? Or he says, or sit here under my footstool. Now, we are specifically told 
in Scripture that we are not to treat people with more or less regard anywhere, but specifically in the assembly or in the church. And I want you to understand this. This is not something that James is teaching, and it's just kind of James' pet peeve. You, would be, you will be amazed, and we're going to look at the Scriptures here in a minute because it's Bible study night, so we're going to study the Bible. But you would be amazed at how much this concept of not respecting people comes up throughout Scripture. Look at verse 4. Are ye not then partial? He says, if you do that, if you look at someone and you say, I admire, I regard, I respect this individual more than this person. I don't like this individual. There's something about them I don't like. I don't think they should be around me. I, don't, I, I want this person in church, but I don't want this person. And look, it could be because of a skin color. It could be because of clothing. It could be whatever your decision is that you decide I have more respect for this person than another person. Here's what James in the Word of God says. Are ye not then partial? The word partial means favoring one side above another. He says, are ye not then partial in yourselves and are become, and here's the key word, judges of evil thoughts. See, when you start deciding this person is more important than this person, I'm going to go greet this individual, but I'm going to ignore this individual. I'm going to admire this person, or I'm going to like this person, but this person, I, I just wish they'd leave. I wish they'd go away. I'm not going to shake their hand. I'm not going to be kind to them because they're not dressed nice, or they don't look right, or they're just not the type of person I want to be around. God says at that moment, you've made yourself a judge. But you're not even a righteous judge. You're a partial judge. You are favoring one side above another. And you are become judges of evil or hurtful thoughts. Now here's what you got to understand. God is no respecter of persons. In verse 5 he says, hearken my beloved brethren. Now here's what he says. Hath not God chosen the poor of this world, rich in faith, and heirs of the kingdom, which he hath promised to them that love him? Here's what he's saying. Didn't, isn't God the one that chose the poor? And now you are despising the poor? Wasn't it said of the apostles? Go with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 1. 1 Corinthians, if you, if you open up, if you start right at the beginning of the, God, of the New Testament, you got Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts, Romans, 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians chapter 1. Was it not said of the apostles? Did not the magistrate say of the apostles that these are unlearned and ignorant men? Wasn't it Jesus who went to the poor? Wasn't it Jesus who was, uh, who, who was accused of spending time with harlots and gluttons and wine-bibbers. In 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 26, I want you to notice what God says about those that He chooses. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 26. He says, For ye see your calling, brethren, how that not many wise men after the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called, but God hath chosen, notice, God hath chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. And God has chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things which are mighty. And the base things of the world and the things which are despised of God chosen, yea, and the things which are not to bring to naught the things that are, that no flesh should glory in His presence. See, God has gone to this place. And I want you, we're going to look at a lot of references here in a minute. Go with me to the Old Testament, to the book of Leviticus. If you start right at the beginning, you got Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus. Leviticus number 19. You got to understand this. God chooses the weak. God chooses the low. God chooses that which is despised, that which is foolish. Why? So that when God uses those people and that individual to do a great work, it is God that gets the glory and not them. 
And we are told that when we see someone and we have this tendency to want to admire or respect or regard one individual above another, that we should not do that because God doesn't do that. And here's what's funny. This lesson, this is taught all throughout Scripture. We're going to run through a bunch of verses here in a minute. I want you to see this because here's what you got to understand. All it takes is for God to mention something one time, and it is His will, it is perfect, it is inspired. The Bible only has to mention something one time, and it is important. But when the Bible mentions something over and over and over and over and over again, don't you think that God is kind of putting a seriousness to it? Now, I want you to notice how often this comes up through Scripture. And I'm not even going to show you every verse. I'm just, I'm just going to show you enough to make my point. But are you there in Leviticus chapter 19? Look at verse number 15. Leviticus 19 and verse number 15. We're going to run through a bunch of these. You know, take notes. If you can't catch up, I'll try to guide you through it. Leviticus 19, look at verse 15. Ye shall do no unrighteous judgment. Now, you said he's talking to actual judges whose job was to judge people. But remember, James tells us that as soon as we start putting respect in one person above another, we've made ourselves judges of, of uh, evil thoughts. So it says, Ye shall do no unrighteous judgment. Thou shalt not respect the person of the poor. Do you see that? Nor honor the person of the mighty. But in righteousness shalt thou judge thy neighbor. Now here's, here's the, the opposite. In James, he says, don't don't esteem or regard or respect someone who's rich above someone who's poor. But, you know, sometimes people want to respect or regard or esteem someone simply because they're poor and say, oh, well, they're poor, so we got to, no, no, no. He says, look, you ought not treat people better than anyone else. He says, look, do not respect the person of the poor. He says, don't favor someone just because they're poor. He says, if you are a judge, you ought not favor someone just because they're poor or just because they don't have money, nor honor the person of the mighty. But in righteousness shall thou judge thy neighbor. You ought not treat people differently. It doesn't matter if they're poor. It doesn't matter if they're rich. Everyone ought to be treated the same, is what the Bible says. Go to Deuteronomy. You're there in Leviticus. Uh, Go past Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, um, Numbers, past the book of Numbers, and then into Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy chapter number 1. Look at Deuteronomy chapter number 1 and verse number 17. Deuteronomy chapter number 1 and verse 17. I just want you to see how often this comes up. What's the phrase we're looking for? Respect of persons, right? Look at Deuteronomy 1.17. Notice what the Bible says. Deuteronomy 1.17. Ye shall not... Can we read it together? Respect persons. Do you see that? Ye shall not what? Respect persons. Now look what he says, in judgment. But ye shall hear the small as well as the great. Ye shall not be afraid of the face of man, for the judgment is God's. And the cause that is too hard for you, bring it unto me. This is Moses speaking to the judges there, and I will hear it. So notice, he was giving them instruction. He says, ye shall not respect persons in judgment. You hear the small as well as the great. He says, you ought not respect persons. Go to Deuteronomy 16, look at verse 19. Deuteronomy chapter 16, verse number 19. You're there in Deuteronomy chapter 1. Just flip a few pages over. Deuteronomy chapter 16, verse 19. Deuteronomy 16, 19. Thou shalt not rest. Now that word rest means to forcibly twist or pull. You ever heard of a wrestler? What does a wrestler do? He forces someone else to be twisted and pulled, right? So he says, thou shalt not rest judgment. He says, he says, you should not twist, you should not pull, you should not forcibly try to maneuver judgment. Thou shalt, let's read it together, not respect persons, neither take a gift. He says, if you're a judge, you should not take a gift. Why? For a gift doth blind the eyes of the wise and pervert the words of the righteous. He said, don't bribe a judge. He says, don't rest judgment. 
Go to 2 Samuel chapter number 14. If you go past Deuteronomy, Joshua, Judges, Ruth, 1 Samuel, 2 Samuel, 2 Samuel chapter 14. Reminds me of a story I heard of a judge back in the circuit writing days. They had these judges that would, uh, you know, ride these circuits in, in the old times, you know. And uh, there was a judge who started his proceedings there. And he said, he said, the defense gave me $10,000. And he said, the, the plaintiff gave me $5,000. So he said, I'm going to return $5,000 to the defense, and we're going to start the hearing. You know, He's like, I want to make sure everybody is on the, right, on the same level. You know, He took $5,000 from each of them. But that's why you don't take a gift. You don't, because it rests judgment. It twists judgment. Are you there in 2 Samuel chapter 14? Look at verse 14. For we must needs die, and our water, as water spilt on the ground. This is a woman speaking to King David, which cannot be gathered up again. But notice what she says. Neither doth God, let's read it together, respect any persons, yet doth he devise means that his banished be not expelled from him. Go to Second Chronicles chapter nineteen. You're there in Second Samuel. You go past first and, or Second Samuel, past first and Second Kings, past First Chronicles into Second Chronicles. Second Chronicles chapter number nineteen. Look at verse number six. Second Chronicles chapter number nineteen, verse number six. Second Chronicles chapter nineteen and verse six. Notice what the Bible says. And said to the judges, Take heed what you do. For ye judge not for man, but for the Lord. He says, you're judging not for man, but for the Lord, who is with you in the judgment, verse 7. Wherefore now, let the fear of the Lord be upon you. Take heed and do it, for there is no iniquity with the Lord our God, nor, let's just read it together just to make the point, respect of persons, nor taking gifts. Now you say, well, well you know, why are you showing us all these verses? Because I want to just show you how much this comes up in Scripture. Go to Proverbs. You're there in Second Chronicles? Pass Ezra, pass Nehemiah, pass Esther, pass Job, pass Psalms into the book of Proverbs. Proverbs 24. Look at verse 23. Proverbs 24, verse number 23. Proverbs, if you find the book of Psalms, right after Psalms, you got the book of Proverbs. Proverbs 24 and verse number 23. Proverbs 24, verse 23, the Bible says this. These things also belong to the wise. He said, here's something for a wise person to do. It is not good to have, let's read it together, respect of persons in judgment. I mean, am I making my point that this comes up a lot through Scripture? Go to Proverbs 28. Look at verse 21. Proverbs 28. You say, you're beating a dead horse. I know, but we, we, we got to make sure we understand this. You say, why? Because this is a problem in churches. And by the way, this, this is starting to be a problem in our church. You say, well, why would you say that? Because any church that is growing... See, when we started this church, you know, four years ago, and there was five people meeting in my living room, it was easy to just everybody get along, you know what I mean? But as churches grow and as they develop, they begin to develop cliques, and you begin to develop friendships. And I want you to have friendships. I want you to have people that you get along with. And we understand there are some people you're going to like more than others, and you're going to click with more than others. But let me tell you something. It's very easy in a growing church to have this idea where it's just us four and no more. And we don't want you, and we don't want anybody else here, and you don't look like us, and you don't act like us, and you don't dress like us. And let me tell you something. It is anti-God, and it is anti-the Word of God to start having this idea that it is our job to respect people. Are you there in Proverbs 28? Look at verse 21. To have, let's read it together, to have respect of persons is not good. For a piece of bread that man will transgress. And by the way, here he's saying about, don't, you ought not put too much on someone. 
You ought not have, hey, look, you ought to follow a pastor. You ought to love your pastor. I hope you, you know, if I die and you get a new pastor next week, I hope you love him and you pray for him and you love his wife and you love his kids and you're loyal to them and you're faithful to them. But listen to me, you never ought to respect a man so much that you just say, I will follow that man no matter what he does. Because look at what he says. To have respect to persons is not good. Why? For for a piece of bread, that man will transgress. You know that any man can sin if he gets hungry enough? Any man will steal a piece of bread if they're hungry. And you ought not just ever have, look, you ought to follow men as they follow Christ. We preached about that a couple weeks ago. I'm not going to go there again. Go, go to Acts chapter number 10 in the New Testament. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts. Acts chapter 10. I want you to see the ones in the New Testament because the New Testament has to do with salvation. I'll just, we'll just look at two of them in the New Testament. We'll get back to James just to make the point. Acts chapter 10. Look at verse 34. Remember, Peter was told to take the gospel to the Gentiles. It was not just to stay with the Jews. In Acts chapter 10, verse 34, the Bible says this, Then Peter opened his mouth and said of a truth. He's talking to Italians here. He says, I perceive that God is, let's just read it together, no respecter of persons. But in every nation, he that feareth him and worketh righteousness is accepted with him. Is there any respect of persons of God? Go to Romans chapter number 2. You're there in Acts. It's the next book over. Romans chapter number 2. Look at verse 11. Romans chapter number 2, verse number 11. Let's just read the entire verse together. Romans chapter 2, verse 11. I know it's Wednesday night. You've got to wake up. Romans chapter 2, verse 11. Okay, this is the last one we'll read together. For there is no respect of persons with God. Amen. I mean, is that clear? And look, I only showed you like, I think I showed you 20. There's like another 20, 25 that we could go through. I'm trying to make a point. If you get back to James chapter 2, there is no respect of persons with God. God does not respect you. God does not regard you. God does not admire you more than he regards any other man. And you know what? I, you know, at Verity Baptist Church, I, I try to be loving and caring and all those things. I know some of you guys think I'm lying, but I really do. <laughs> but let me tell you something. You, you want to you see uh, Pastor Jimenez get upset? You want to see Pastor Jimenez just blow his lid or just go crazy, you start, you know, criticizing and developing this critical spirit. You start trying to grow this little faction in our church, and we're going to start mocking other people in church, and we're going to start, well, I don't think that they belong here, and I wish they'd leave, and I don't like them. Listen to me. God is no respecter of persons. Any individual that walks in this church, you ought to love them. You ought to pray for them. You ought to realize that they are a soul that will spend eternity somewhere, either in heaven and hell. We ought never get this attitude where, look at that person. and Can you imagine how they were dressing? Look at this. Look at that. Hey, we ought to love everybody. We ought not respect people. You, it, you say, it, well, they're rich. It doesn't matter. They're poor. It doesn't matter. They are a person. Jesus died for them. And especially, you know... People come to this church and they don't realize our church is actually reaching people. We're actually knocking doors. We're actually getting people. And guess what? When you reach people, sometimes they come and they don't look the greatest. They that are whole need not a physician, but they that are sick. And you know, people want to have this idea that we want this church that is reaching people, but we want everybody to have all their ducks in line and want them all to look right and act right. Look, we're not this cold church that everybody's been here, has been here for 20 years, and we're dying. We are reaching people, and when you reach people, sometimes they don't look right, they don't act right, their clothes aren't right, their hair's not right. That's okay. You don't judge them, you love them. You bring them in and you say, hey, I care about you. You greet them. You don't respect people. Because, see, here's the problem. We have a tendency to respect the wrong people. Look at verse 6. Notice what James says. James chapter 2, verse 6. He says, but ye have despised the poor. 
He says, do not rich men oppress you? He said, you want to respect this rich guy because he drove in, you know, in his fancy car and he drove in. And look, we ought not look down on people for having a fancy car or drinking nice. You, you just ought not think anything. You ought to realize that everybody is a sinner. He says, do not rich men oppress you? He says, but ye have despised the poor. Do not rich men oppress you and draw you before the judgment seats? Do not they blaspheme that worthy name by which ye are called? I'm supposed to be all impressed when some doctor walks in here because I'm Dr. So-and-so. And I'm also, you know, because they make a lot of money or whatever they do. You know, I'm thinking to myself, isn't it, isn't it a doctor? Isn't it this Dr. Richard Pan who's trying to force us to vaccinate our kids? And you say, you say well, I, well, this guy walks in and he's got a lot of money. Aren't, aren't it a bunch of rich people that are trying to take away our liberties in politics? Isn't it rich people that blaspheme the name of God? I'm supposed to be impressed because someone has money. Hey, isn't it people with money that are the ones that are blaspheming the name of God? Aren't all these blasphemers in Hollywood people with money? You, we we got to get this idea we're respecting people and loving people and being impressed because someone has a nice car or has nice clothes. To God, it means nothing, and it ought to mean nothing to you. Don't look at someone and say, I respect, look at that, and then look at this guy. Can you imagine that? Can you look at that? Can you imagine? Man, good night. I don't know. Why doesn't Pastor get rid of that guy? Why don't we get rid of you? <laughs> Our job is to love people. Our job is to not have respect because usually when we have respect, we respect the wrong person. Look at verse 8. If you fulfill the royal law, I love the Bible how it uses this phrase, the royal law. I say, what's it talking about? Well, this is what's, what you would probably know as the golden rule. The Bible doesn't call it the golden rule. It calls it the royal law. If you fulfill the royal law, according to the scriptures, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. You do well. But if you have respect to persons, notice what he says. Ye commit sin. It is wrong to respect. It is a sin to respect persons and are convinced of the law. You say, what law? The royal law. The law that says that thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. And are convinced of the law as transgressors. The word transgressors means sinners. See, here's what you, you know. The, the royal law is this. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Here's what the royal law teaches us. That we ought to, it teaches us how to love others. It teaches us that we ought to treat people the way we want to be treated. Somebody walks in here and they look Torah. You, and you say, you don't know, realize this. That's somebody's son. That's somebody's daughter. That's somebody's husband. That's somebody's wife or somebody's uncle or somebody's grandma. How would you like someone to, teach, to treat your children like that? How would you like your, what if your child was on drugs? What if your child was an alcoholic and they were living on the streets and they decided that they were going to just one last time try this God thing and maybe I can go to some church and someone will love me and someone will pray for me and someone will help me get my life straight out and your child walked in and had someone roll their eyes at him. See, the royal law, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself, teaches us how we ought to love. We ought to love people the way we'd like to be loved. But not only does it teach us that, it also teaches us that we're not better than anyone else. Notice verse 10. For whosoever shall keep the whole law and yet offend in one point, he is guilty of all. See, the Bible says if you were able to keep the entire law, but you offended in one point, you told one lie, one point in your life, you did one thing wrong, the Bible says that you are guilty of all. Now this verse, James 2.10, is often misquoted and misused. Here's what James 2.10 is not teaching, that all sin is equal. People like to teach, you know, all sin is equal. That's a lie. 
The Bible never teaches that. The Bible teaches the exact opposite of that. Listen to me. Telling a lie and killing someone are not equal. Okay? You have to be insane to believe that. All right? Jesus said to when they were putting him to death, he said that the Jews had the greater sin because they were the ones that delivered him to the Romans. He said the Jews have the greater sin than the Romans. Now, the Romans were sinning also, but he said the Jews had the greater sin. The Bible teaches you, look, in, you study, study the Bible. All throughout the Bible, God puts certain punishments on certain sins, and he puts lesser punishments on other sins. Sin is not equal. James 2.10 is not teaching that sin is equal, but it is saying this. It does not teach that the, the sins that men, men commit are equal, but it does teach that all men are equally sinners. Do you understand what I just said? The sins are not equal. But we're, look, when I'm a liar, I'm just as much of a sinner as a murderer. Now, my lie is not the same as a murderer, but guess what? I'm still condemned to hell without Jesus Christ. And this idea that I can judge someone as better than someone else when we're all sinners, when we all deserve to go to hell, when it is by the grace of God that we are not consumed, it is by the mercies of God that we are not consumed. See, the royal law teaches us how to love others. Galatians 5.14 says this, For all the law is fulfilled in one word. Even in this, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. But the royal law teaches us that we are no better than anyone else. See, you got to understand this. Having respect of persons is pride. Having respect of persons is us looking down on one person to make us feel better. It's us looking, saying, well, I'm more spiritual than they are. I'm, I'm better than that person. And I'm going to look down on that individual. But notice, in James chapter 2, not only is there the law, the royal law that's brought up, but notice, he also brings up the law of liberty. Look at verse 12. James chapter 2, look at verse 12. So speak ye. Now, here's what he's saying. He, he just got done explaining to us that you ought not, you know, have respect of persons just because someone has money. And by the way, if someone has money, you ought not treat them bad either. If a doctor walks in here on Sunday morning, don't walk up to him and say, your friend Richard Pan. Okay, don't do that, all right? You know, we, ought to, we just ought to realize that people are people. People are sinners. They need the gospel. They need salvation. But here's what he teaches us. He says, he says the royal law teaches us to love our neighbor as ourselves. The royal law teaches us that we are all in need of a Savior, that we ought to love people and we ought to treat people the way we'd like to be treated, that we ought to respect people and realize that Jesus died for all of them. But look at verse 12. He says, so speak ye. He says, I want you to speak in this way, and so do. He says, I want you to speak in this way, and I want you to do these things. Notice, as they that shall be judged by the law of liberty. You know what he just said? Here's what he said. I want you to speak, and I want you to act as though you will one day be judged, because guess what? One day you'll be judged. He said, he said, you want to judge other people as if one day you'll never be judged. You want to look down on people and pick them apart and criticize all their problems and all their sin and all the things, mistakes they make as if one day you will not one day stand before someone and be picked apart and judged according to your sin. The same law that you're using to judge that individual, the Bible says one day you're going to be judged. So he says, so speak. He says, so do. He says, act and live and talk as though you will one day be judged because guess what? One day we will all be judged. Look at verse 13. With that in mind, he says this, For he 
shall have judgment. Because remember, we're all going to be judged, right? So here's what he says. For he shall have judgment without mercy that hath showed no mercy. Please don't miss that. He shall have judgment without mercy that hath showed no mercy. See, one day you're going to be judged and I'm going to be judged. One day we will all stand before God and be judged. And if you want to judge people without mercy, then God says one day you'll be judged without mercy. And if you hope to one day stand before God and say, God, I, I, you know, I messed up. I'm a sinner. I didn't run. Please forget, you know, I, listen to me. I, I didn't, you know, please show me mercy. If you want to stand, if you want God to show you mercy right now, he says you got to show mercy to others. He said he shall have judgment without mercy that hath showed no mercy. And mercy rejoiceth against judgment. Go to Matthew chapter 7. We're almost, we're almost done. We'll be done here in five, ten minutes. Matthew chapter 7. The Bible teaches this concept. That you reap what you sow. And in Matthew chapter 7, and I know that liberals love to go to Matthew chapter 7 and preach against those who preach the Bible, but Matthew chapter 7 is still in Scripture. And it actually fits James chapter 2 very perfectly. Remember I told you that in James you're kind of throwing back to a lot of the Sermon on the Mount? Well, guess what? Matthew chapter 7 is the Sermon on the Mount, right? So look at what Jesus said. Matthew chapter 7, look at verse 1. Judge not that ye be not judged. Now, we know that he's not saying it's wrong to judge because later he tells us that we ought to judge righteous judgment. What he's saying is to not judge hypocritically. Don't ignore the beam in your own eye while you're trying to, you know, make a big deal about the, you know, the, the little problems in your neighbor's eye, you know. But look at verse 2. He says, For with what judgment ye judge, ye shall be judged. And with what measures ye meet, it shall be measured to you again. Here's what he's saying. You decide the measuring stick. He says, you decide the judgment. You decide how hard and how mean and how tough and how merciful or unmerciful you want to be to an individual. And then God says, I'll take that that exact measuring stick that you meted out on someone that you were judging. And God says, I'll use that on you. And James says, remember that when you're about to judge someone, when you're about to criticize someone. That as hard as you want to come down on them, that's a hard call to come down on you. See, sometimes people will accuse me, and it's fine. I don't care. But people accuse me of being too lenient sometimes. People will come in here. I mean, we've, we have people. Obviously, when, you, when you're actually preaching the Bible and you're actually preaching the Word of God, you're going to have the enemy try to send in people in here, try to cause problems. And I've been accused of, you. well, I, you should have settled that. You should have taken that person. You should have. But you know what? I try to be a little lenient. I try to be a little graceful. I try to show some mercy. You say, why? Because one day I'm going to need that grace. One day I'm going to need that mercy. And I'm sure someday I'm going to say something that I'm going to regret or I'm going to do something that I wish I wouldn't have. And I'm going to have to go up to you and apologize to you. And I hope, I hope that on that day, I'll be showed the grace that I showed you. And I sin against God every day. And I hope that God will be just a little patient with me as I am with others. But we get this hyper-Christianity, hyper-spirituality about us, and we we see somebody walk in and we say, can you believe that person? I can't believe. Can you believe what they say? They said this thing and they said that thing and that goes against what we believe in. Bless God! And one day that same attitude is going to be used on you. Because with what ye judge and with what measure ye meet, it shall be measured to you again. Go to Ephesians chapter number 6. We're going to look at three passages. We'll be done. Ephesians chapter number 6. Look at verse 8. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 8. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 8. You want to come down hard on someone? God will come down hard on you. 
You want to love someone and show them grace and show them mercy? And maybe that means someone will take advantage of you, and that's okay. We are to pray for those which despitefully use us. Maybe that means they're going to slap you on one side of the face and you're going to turn the other cheek. Maybe that means they're going to use you. That's okay. Because you know what? I want God to show me the grace that I show others. Because I want to live my life in a way as if one day I'll be judged. Because guess what? One day I will be judged. Are you there in Ephesians chapter 6? Look at verse 8. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 8. We're almost done. Knowing that whatsoever good thing any man doeth, the same shall he receive of the Lord, whether he be bond or free, whether he's a servant or a free man, whatever he's done right, God's going to bless him for it. God's going to, uh, you know, judge him in regards to those things. Look at verse 9. And ye masters, do the same things unto them. Talking about their bond servants. Forbearing threatening. Don't threaten them. Don't come hard, down hard on them. Knowing that your master, now look, he's talking to masters. He says, don't threaten them, knowing that your master also in heaven, neither is there respect of persons with him. He says, see, you've got a master in heaven. And he doesn't show respect to persons. So make sure you don't show respect to persons because he's going to judge you. Go to 1 Peter chapter 1. 1 Peter towards the end of the New Testament. 1 Peter chapter 1, look at verse 17. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 17. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 17 Notice what the Bible says. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 17. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 17. And if you call on the Father, who without respect to persons judges according to every man's work, pass the time of your sojourning in fear. Here's what he's saying. Realize that one day you're going to be judged, but guess what? God has no respect to persons. See, God doesn't really care how much money you have in your account. God doesn't care the clothes you wear. God doesn't care the car you drive. God is not impressed with you. And God is not impressed with me. And we ought not be impressed with people. Because guess what? The things that impress us are silly things. They're gonna, those people are going to die, and they're not going to take those things with them. You say, well, they have a nice house. Well, someone else will live in that house. They have a nice car. That car will break down. Just Look, your, your expensive car is going to break down just like my cheap car. We ought not respect people. Go to Mark chapter 12. We're done right here. Mark chapter 12. You say, what's the lesson for tonight? The lesson for tonight is this. We ought not respect persons. We ought not regard anyone as better than anyone else. And we ought not regard anyone as less than anyone else. Everyone was created by God. God, Jesus, died for everyone. We ought to respect people. Mark chapter number 12. We ought to have the same reputation that Christ did. We're, we're studying on Sunday mornings a series, Follow Me. What's that whole about, the whole thing about being like Christ, what it means to be a follower of Jesus Christ. Our goal is to be like Jesus. Well, guess what they said about Jesus? Mark chapter 12, verse 14, we're done. The Bible says this, and when they were come, they say unto him, now they're talking to Jesus, they said unto him, Master, notice the testimony that Jesus had. We know that thou art true and carest for no man for thou regardest not the person of men, but teachest the way of God in truth. Is it lawful to give tribute to Caesar or no? And they ask him this question. But here's what they said about Jesus. They said about Jesus, we know that when you're preaching, whether you're preaching to harlots, whether you're preaching to publicans, whether you're pre preaching to, to wine-bibbers and sinners, or whether you're preaching to Pharisees and scribes, whether they're rich or they're poor, whether they look nice or they look terrible, we know this about Jesus. You just preach the Bible and you really do not regard anyone. You just preach the truth. 
And it doesn't matter to you if they're rich or poor, white or black, red or yellow, doesn't matter. He says, you just preach the Bible. I love that song you sang when we were kids. Red and yellow, black and white, they are precious in his sight. He says, thou carest for no man, for thou regardest not the person of man. And that ought to be said of Verity Baptist Church. We don't care. You're broke, join the club. You got lots of money, we're not impressed. So what impresses you? Jesus. What impresses you? The word of God. That's the only thing that ought to impress us. Is that we ought to regard and have respect for God in our lives and realize that we are to love everyone as we'd like to be loved and we ought to treat everyone as we'd like to be treated. And I'm just as much of a sinner in need of a savior as anyone else. And we ought to love people. James, because remember, you said, what is James about? Why are we studying the book of James? Because James is about maturing as Christians. James is about coming to a full, maturing Christian. And you cannot mature in Christ till you realize that we are not to be impressed with people. Say, Pastor, did you see, you know, look, I don't, to be honest with you, I don't even even look in the parking lot. I I, I don't even know what car you drive or don't drive. If I went out there, you showed me a nice car, I would, I don't know who drove that. I see a nice car out there. I just assume it's the foster people. You know, they work for the government. They probably have nice cars. You ought not be impressed with people. Don't be impressed with what they have. Be impressed with God. Let's bow our heads and have a word of prayer.